Today we're continuing our message series, Need Direction. We're talking about the direction that God can give us in our lives. Now, life is a journey. It begins when we're born and it ends uh, when our time on earth is finished. And it's a certain period of time that each of us has here on earth to go along this journey of life. And as we go on this journey of life, we need to decide what path to take. What path we take in life is going to determine what we accomplish in life. It's going to determine where we end up in the next life, to be honest. And in this journey of life, there's a lot of forks in the road. You come up to a certain place and there's a fork. You can go to the right or to the left. And when you come to a fork in the road, you have a decision to make. And God has a right way for us to take on his path. It's either right or left. How are we to know? That's what we're talking about in this series. Oftentimes we know we're at a big decision point in life. We come up and this is a big decision. We know it. It's a very important decision. And we need God's guidance to make these big decisions. At other times in life, they're just little decisions we have to make. And they don't seem very important at the time. But if we keep making the right decision, good things are going to happen. If we keep making the wrong decision, it's not going to end up well for us. And so all decisions in life are important. The decisions in life that we make can have eternal consequences, both for us and for people around us that we relate to. And so in this series, we want to learn how to make the decisions that God wants us to make. How do we make decisions that are in keeping with his will? Now, how do many people make decisions? Many people make decisions based on their feelings or emotions. It's, what do I want to do? That is the basis for their decisions. What do I want to do? Do I want to go right or left? Other times people make decisions based on what other people are doing. They don't look at themselves. They look at, well, where's everybody else going? Oh, they're going right. Okay, I better go right. I better follow the crowd. Sometimes people make decisions based on what an influential person has said or written. Well, well, I've heard somebody say this is what I should do. Or I've read somewhere that this is what I should do. Other times people make decisions based on finances. Like, which way is going to give me the most money? Which way is going to be most uh, lucrative for me? It's all about money. And that determines the decisions I make. But these ways of making decisions will often lead you astray because emotions, following the crowd, following some authority figure, uh, making your decisions solely based on finances may not help you choose the right path. And so today we want to talk about getting good counsel. Getting good counsel. How can we get good counsel, good advice to help us make decisions in life? Now the title is getting good counsel. So what does that mean? It means there's another type of counsel, isn't there? Or bad counsel. Okay, we don't want bad counsel. We want good counsel. And I believe in today's world there's a lot more bad counsel readily available than good counsel. And so we don't want to follow the crowd and what everybody else is doing. We want to follow godly counsel. We want to follow good counsel. Proverbs 15.22 is the first verse we want to look at this morning. Now, I'd encourage you in your bulletins, there's a white page, along with some colored pages. There's a white page. looks like this. I encourage you to pull it out. It has the outline of the message there with the verses written out and some 
fill in the blanks. When we get into the outline, you'll see some words underlined. Those are the fill in the blank words so that you'll have some notes to take home with you. Why do we do this? Well, because if you just listen to me this morning and you go home and by this afternoon you can't remember anything I said, really, what was accomplished? And not a lot. So we're giving you this paper to take home, to look at it again, so that God can continue to speak to you through the week. Now on the back of the pages, some study questions that you can go through on your own, or you can come to a life group, and we encourage that, so that you can go through these questions with other believers and really start to get the message that God wants to speak into your life down into your heart so it can make a difference. The Bible tells us if, that, if we simply listen to the Word of God, we're not blessed. We're blessed when we actually do the Word of God, when we put it into practice in our lives. Proverbs 15.22 says, Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors they succeed. And so if you don't have good counsel in your life, your plans, the plans that God has for you, may indeed fail. But if you have lots of advisors, lots of counsel, they're going to succeed. And so I don't believe we can carry out God's plan for our lives without good counsel. And this wisdom from Proverbs talks about receiving counsel from many sources, from many counselors. And when you get counsel from many sources, then you can weigh the counsel. You can, we're going to talk about today, how do you evaluate counsel? You can evaluate the counsel to see what is good counsel, and that's the counsel you want to follow. We want to learn how to identify good counsel and bad counsel because we want to follow good counsel. Where does bad counsel come from? Well, it comes from a bad counselor. It comes from a bad source. And so not only do we want to identify bad counsel, we want to identify bad counselors or a bad sources of counsel that are not godly. And so today we're going to look at a passage from 2 Timothy chapter 3 in which Paul, the Apostle Paul, gives counsel to Timothy. Timothy was a young man that uh, Paul was mentoring, that Paul was helping to grow in his walk with God. And I believe there's a lot that we can learn from Paul's counsel to Timothy telling him how to make decisions, uh, what counsel was good and what was not so good. The first principle we're going to learn this morning is to consider the counselor's character. I was a little hesitant to use the term counselor because that, that um, conveys certain things in our minds. When I speak of counselor this morning, I'm not primarily speaking to some type of professional counselor that you might go to uh, to get counseling from. Like we have the Starbridge uh, Counseling Center here, and you go there and have a professional counselor. Now, it could be that type of counselor, but I'm using it in a much broader sense. This counselor could be a member of your family. This counselor could be a relative. The counselor could be somebody in church. It could be a friend. It could be a coworker. It could be anybody you know. Or it could be a source. That's not a personal relationship. A, a counselor could be a book. A counselor could be a movie you saw. A counselor could be somebody you heard on television or you read what they said on the internet. All these things can bring counsel into our lives, can give us advice. So when I speak of counselor, it's encompassing all these different sources of counsel or advice that we may, we may get. 
And so we need to consider the counselor's character and listen to godly counselors or godly counseling sources. 2 Timothy 3.10 says, You, however, now remember this is Paul the Apostle speaking to Timothy. In the letters of Timothy, it's a letter, or this is 2 Timothy, is a letter that Paul the Apostle wrote to Timothy. You, however, know all about my teaching. Paul is saying this, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, and endurance. Now, in this, this letter of 2 Timothy, Paul is speaking, and he has just been talking about false teachers, about bad counselors that cannot be trusted. And here he's saying, you, however, in other words, you, Timothy, you know me. You know that I am a godly counselor. You know that I am committed, a committed follower of Jesus Christ. It says, you know my teaching. You know the things I've taught. But not only do you know my teaching, you know my way of life. You've walked the walk with me. You've, you've gone with me in missionary journeys. You've seen how I live life. You've seen how I treat people. You've seen how I pray. You've, you've seen everything about me. You know my faith. You know my patience. You know my love. And so when we are facing important decisions in life, it's imperative to listen to godly counselors. Paul is saying, Timothy, you have listened to me in the past. Continue to listen to me. I have something from God to pour into your life. I have godly counsel to give you. I have godly advice to give you. So listen to godly counselors. Listen to a suffering counselor. Now I kind of need to unpack this, what this means. Again, I struggled a little bit with this point. But verse 11 and 12, Paul continues. He says, he's saying, you know all about and first it was these good things we talked about. In verse 11, he says, my persecutions, my sufferings. Yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. In fact, Paul says here, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. And so Paul was saying, as he explained to Timothy, that not only should he be listened to because of his godly character, he should be listened to because he'd suffered through persecution. He says that everyone who wants to live a godly life in Jesus Christ will be persecuted, will undergo suffering in one form or another in their lives. And he has kept on serving the Lord. He's been true to God, even though it was difficult, even though he encountered persecution, even though he encountered suffering. And so that was a, a mark of a godly counselor. Counselors who who have extravagant lifestyles, who appear that they don't live on the same plane the left, rest of us live on. They don't encounter any suffering. Everything always goes wonderful to them. That should raise a, a red flag in your mind. There's something wrong with the counsel that's going to come from such a person. Because everyone, circle that word everyone in the verse, who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted is going to have some difficulties in life. That's a mark of a godly person. It's a mark of a godly counselor. Finally, you are to listen to counselors you know, not imposters. Verse 13 and 14, he says to Timothy, while evil men and imposters will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. This is in contrast to Paul's experience. He says, but as for you, continue in what you have learned, 
and have convinced of because you know those from whom you learned it. And so there are imposters. There are bad counselors. These are people who claim to be something they are not. They are the ones who deceive gullible people who don't consider their character. They themselves are deceived and they deceive other people. But notice the last phrase in this verse. It says, you know those from whom you've learned it. Paul is saying again, Timothy, you know me. You know my character. I'm the one who has taught you the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm the one who has taught you. You know all about me. You know I'm not an imposter. You can trust my counsel because you know me personally. You know my character. And so we need to consider the counselor's character. And so when you seek someone's counsel or advice, when you look to a source for counsel in your life, make sure you know something about what is behind this advice. Now there's people who today who will tell us, just listen to what I say, don't bother with what I do or have done. It doesn't matter, it's all private. Just listen to what I say, I'm, I'm telling you the truth. Well, that's a red flag because the counselor's character, the way they live their own life, does not match up with what they say. And most likely what they say then is going to be ungodly counsel if their character is ungodly. And to know somebody's character, you've got to know them. You have to have had conversations with them. You need to have prayed with them. You need to have eaten with them. You can't really get to know somebody by watching them on television. You just see what they want you to see. You can't get to know somebody by watching them in a huge auditorium. And so at Life Church, you can get to know other committed believers on a first-hand basis. You can really get to know people, and that's one of the many advantages to a smaller church. Also, encourage you to get involved in a life group. We've been talking about those. And that's where you get to know others with godly character who can give you good counsel. Counsel that will give you success in life. And so God's Word doesn't want us to make major decisions without getting counsel of other believers. Other believers can be led by the Spirit to give us insight into situations that we cannot possibly know uh, just by looking at the outward circumstances. We need, I believe, that we don't seek good counsel enough. We make a lot of decisions on our own without getting counsel from other people that God wants to use to help us to make right decisions. And so consider the counselor's character. Next, when we receive counsel from somebody or from a source, what should we do? We need to evaluate the counsel by God's word. Paul goes on to say, and Paul writes in very, very long sentences, so these things kind of run on, and we have to remember what he said before. But he says, before you know those from whom you've learned it, and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Now when we read these letters of Paul to Timothy, we understand that Timothy's mother was a believer. Uh, she most likely came to faith through the, the ministry of Paul. And Timothy's mother's mother, her, his grandmother, was also a believer. And from little on, from infancy on, they taught Timothy the word of God. God's word, it says here, can make you wise, 
and make you wise first and foremost to receive salvation. That's the most important direction we have to take. That's the most important fork in the road that we come to. Should I believe in Jesus Christ or should I not? And you need to take, at some point in your life, make the decision, I believe in Jesus Christ. Because if you take the other fork, it's not going to end up well for you uh, in eternity. The Word of God can make you wise to receive salvation. And secondly, to judge or discern teaching or advice or counsel that you can receive, that you might receive from somebody else. And so whenever you receive instruction or counsel or advice, you need to take it and line it up with the Word of God. Is this in keeping with the principles of God's Word or not? The Bible says even if an angel speaks to you, you must test it against God's word. I say, why is that? Well, the Bible says that Satan himself can take on the image of an angel of light. And whole denominations in America have risen because somebody listened to an angel and did not line it up with God's word. The temple on 40, you know what I'm talking about, has the angel on the top, the angel Moroni, that gave advice, that gave counsel to a man named Joseph Smith. And he took it as the word of God when it was not the word of God. And millions and millions of people have been led astray by bad counsel. Evil often disguises itself or usually disguises itself as being from God. And so we judge counsel by God's word and we receive only the counsel that is in keeping with God's word. We receive scriptural counsel. Verse 16, it says, All scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Circle that word all. All of God's word is useful for your life. In the same way, scriptural counsel or counsel that is in keeping with God's word is useful as well. Good counsel based on God's word can do at least four things here. It can teach us, it can rebuke us, it can correct us, and it can train us. Now, which of those four do you love? How many people love to be rebuked and corrected? as part of what God's word is to do to us. The Bible says that a wise person embraces rebuke and correction. And what's the opposite of a wise person? A foolish person rejects rebuke and correction. Why do we embrace rebuke and correction? Because it brings about positive change in our lives. Because it tells us Perhaps we need to go off a different way. Our lives are going the wrong direction. And God rebukes us or corrects us. Say, no, you're off track. Get back on track. That's a good thing. We ought to embrace rebuke and correction. And so we ought to be grateful for those with the courage to bring godly counsel into our lives. And so one of the marks of a godly counselor is sometimes it may be correction. Sometimes it may be rebuke. That doesn't mean it's from the devil. Don't rebuke me. Don't try to correct me. 
No, sometimes we all need to be rebuked. Sometimes we all need to be corrected. And so we receive scriptural counsel. The purpose of counsel is to equip us. It says, so that. It's useful for these things. And the ultimate purpose is so that the man of God, of course, woman of God here too, may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And so the word of God is to equip us. Godly counsel, good counsel is to equip us to do the good things that God has planned for us to do. God has a plan. He has a purpose for everybody's life. He has a path laid out for you. He has good things for you to do that are going to impact other people for eternity. Significant things. And God's word and godly counsel will equip you to do that good work. It will equip you to make wise decisions, to make right decisions. And so this good counsel that is based on the word of God will aid you in equipping you to fulfill your purpose in life and to follow God's path for your life. So I trust as we go through this, you're beginning to see that it's important that the person who gives you counsel knows God's word. And it's important for you to know God's word because else how can you evaluate the counsel you receive? Well, that sounds good. Yeah, I, I have a good feeling about that. As believers, that's not how we evaluate counsel or advice. We say, is this in keeping with God's word or not? And so the Bible is the gold standard for guidance. Everything must be measured against God's word. And so each of us needs to read it and study it every day. So that we can grow in our understanding of God's word and better evaluate the counsel or advice we receive. And so who's going to give you the best counsel? Well, it's going to be another believer who daily reads their Bible, studies it, and knows it. And you know that there's a character, uh, a godly character behind the counsel. And so be very careful with receiving counsel and advice on important decisions from unbelievers or believers who are not walking with the Lord. Now, I'm not saying that you never receive advice or counsel from an unbeliever. You know, if I take my car into the shop, I don't say, you know, before the guy, the mechanic works on the car, ask him if he's saved or not. Uh, you know, I think he can figure out what's wrong with my car. And then I have to decide, you know, do I want to spend this much money or do I need a new car? Well, there's a decision he really can't help me with. There's a decision I need to seek God. I might need to get some godly counsel because there's all kinds of unknown factors that only God knows about that decision. But, you know, whether I need a new muffler or not, he's going to tell me. And that's okay. So I'm not saying never listen to, uh, or you have to determine everybody whether they're saved or not. But all counsel that we receive in the matter of these important uh, decisions in life need to be filtered by God's word. needs to also be filtered through prayer. And that's the subject of next Sunday's uh, message. What role does prayer have in making decisions? We ask God through his Holy Spirit to speak to us and help us discern good counsel and help us to make the right decision. And that's a topic of the next Sunday's message, the role of the Holy Spirit. And finally, we must beware of ungodly counselors. If there's godly counselors, if there's good counsel, then there's ungodly counselors and there's bad counsel. Paul's already warned Timothy about false teachers in his letter. 
And uh, we haven't gone over that today. If you want to read the whole letter, it's not very long. I'd encourage you to do that. Now he returns again to instruct Timothy about what kind of people, with what kind of character, should he guard himself against. So what are the characteristics of an ungodly counselor? Well, ungodly counselors twist God's word. Verse 3, he says, For the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. What is sound doctrine? Sound, sound doctrine is, is accurate, uh, spirit-inspired teaching and understanding of God's word. Sound doctrine encompasses, encompasses the whole counsel of Scripture. It doesn't just put its weight on one section of Scripture. Or some people, I just look at what Jesus had to say, and that's it. No, you have to look at all of Scripture. You have to look at the full counsel of Scripture in order to have sound doctrine. It doesn't emphasize one aspect and minimize another. Sound doctrine does not relegate whole sections of, of Scripture to history and say they have no relevance to our life today. No, all of Scripture is there to teach us. All of Scripture is to show us what God is like and how He interacts with people. Ungodly counselors do not usually deny the Bible. They, they use the Bible, but they use it in a twisted way. And that's what makes them so deceptive. It's a way that is not sound doctrine. They take verses, they take, they take passages out of context. Usually ungodly counselors will just be talking about one verse and then they'll spin all kinds of things off of one verse rather than taking things in context. They deny oftentimes the supernatural power of God uh, is available today. Ungodly counselors not only twist God's word, they, they simply entertain people. He says instead, instead of teaching or giving counsel based on sound doctrine, instead to suit their own desires, they gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. I guess people have itching ears. You know, that means, tell me what I want to hear. And don't tell me what I don't want to hear. And so the ungodly counselors or teachers, what do they do? Tell them what they want to hear. They take a poll, okay? What do they want to hear? And then they tell them what they want to hear. And the people are happy. The counselor is happy. But God isn't happy. And so ungodly counselors use parts of God's word to entertain people. And many, many people follow these false teachers and ungodly counselors. If a teacher or counselor only tells you what you want to hear, if they only entertain you, that's a red flag. That means they're ungodly. Why? Because a godly counselor, a godly teacher, will use God's word to do what are the four things? Teach, rebuke correct and train. So if there's no rebuking, no correcting, and do people want to hear rebuking and correcting? Not usually. So if there's none of that, if there's no counselor advice that directs towards change in your life, it's just like, you're wonderful, just keep on. Something is wrong. That's an ungodly counselor. Why is this person discerns the ways of ungodly counselors? Lastly, he says, ungodly counselors teach myths. It says these, 
these counselors will cause people to turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to miss. And so ungodly counselors will turn our, turn our hearts away from the truth of God's word and get us to believe myths or stories that are not from God. Now an ungodly counselor, again, it can be somebody you know. It can be your friend. It can be a relative. It can be a well-known teacher or evangelist that you see on television. You understand, just because somebody's on television doesn't mean God put them there. And they know more than everybody else. Not true at all. People believe all kinds of myths that are not in the Bible. Now, why do people believe myths? Things made up that are not in the Bible. Because they don't weigh that counsel, they don't weigh that teaching, and evaluate it against God's Word. They either don't know what God's Word says, or they don't believe what it says. And the result is, people make bad decisions based on bad counsel, based on myths, and they get off track on God's plan for their life because they're going to make bad decisions. The Bible tells us that these kinds of ungodly counselors will increase in the last days. It describes, I'll just jump back a little bit here, one last verse about what they're like. Verse 4 and 5. It says they're lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. In fact, they love what makes them feel good. And so that's what they teach. If it feels good, it's, it's right. Having a form of godliness, but, but, but denying its power, have nothing to do with them. And so ungodly counselors, life is all about pleasing themselves, and that's what they teach people. That's the advice they give. Do what's going to please yourself. They have a form of godliness. They claim to know God. They claim to be Christians. They claim to use the Bible, but they deny the true power of God. And the Bible says we're to have nothing to do with such kind of people because they will lead us astray. They will lead us to make wrong decisions in life. Now, why do so many people listen to ungodly counselors? Why are so many people led astray? Well, here are some reasons. Ungodly counselors are often very likable people. I hear from people say, I just like them. They're just, they couldn't be telling me anything wrong. They're just, they're just nice people. I just like that person. They may be very influential. They often have Great charisma. I mean, they just have a way about saying things that people want to believe them. And if you don't check things out, and this happens at a personal level, I mean, in your circle of friends, you probably know somebody that just, you know, is kind of a natural born leader. And, and they say things people listen. But just because they say it, just because people follow them, doesn't mean it's right. We need to check it with God's word. Ungodly counselors mix truth and falsehood together, and so they're very, very deceptive. They have deceived themselves, and they deceive others. And so they always say some things that are true, and say, well, that's true what they said, but it's mixed in with things that are false, and that makes the whole thing toxic for us. And so if you're not sure about the counselor teaching of somebody, check it with the Word of God. Check it with other counselors. That's why we need to have multiple counselors, multiple advisors. I'd encourage you to get counsel from somebody you know who's godly in the church. And check it out. Beware of ungodly counselors. 
And so today we've looked at the importance of, of getting good or godly counsel when, when making decisions. Consider the character of the counselor. You're not going to get godly counsel from an ungodly counselor. And so both the counsel and the counselor should be evaluated by the standards of God's word. We ought to be prepared to receive both encouraging counsel and corrective or rebuking counsel because we all need to change. Anybody here exactly like Jesus yet? Oh, my hand isn't up. I have a ways to go. I need a little correcting. I need a little rebuking in order to get closer to what God wants me to do. Good counsel will equip us to make good decisions and keep us in the center of God's will. So I pray that God would help each of us to reach out and to get the good counsel we need to succeed in life. As I said before, following God's plan for your life, the first fork in the road that we come to, the most important fork is the fork rather to commit our lives to Jesus Christ or to go our own way, whether to follow him or to follow uh, ourselves or somebody else. And today, if you don't know Jesus Christ, if you haven't made that decision to follow him, I'm going to give you an opportunity right now. Some of you may have made a decision in the past, and yet you've wandered away, and you know today in your heart of hearts you're off track, and you want to get on track, back on track with God. And to do that, either for the first time or to recommit your life, you just simply pray and admit that you've sinned. And sin is simply getting off track on God's plan for your life. God has a path for your life. And if you're off track, and God will let you know when you're off track, he speaks to you. You know you're off track. Admit that I'm off track. I've made wrong decisions. And because of those wrong decisions, I've done wrong things. I admit that I've sinned. Please forgive me. I believe that Jesus came to this earth, lived a perfect life, died on the cross, that my sins might be forgiven. He took my sins upon himself and paid the price that I might be forgiven for the wrong choices, the wrong decisions that I've made. And God then makes me a new creation. He gives me a fresh start to start over again doing things his way. And finally, we commit ourselves to following Jesus and God's plan for our lives, not our own. So I'd like to ask you to bow your heads right now. And we're going to pray a simple prayer. And I'd encourage you to pray along with me. Just in your mind, God knows what you're praying, but it's very important. Say something like this, Father, today I admit I've done wrong things, I've made wrong decisions, I've made wrong choices in my life, I've, I've sinned. I ask for your forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ came to this earth, lived a perfect life, died on the cross, that my sins might be forgiven. I believe that he rose from the dead and live in, lives in heaven today. Come into my life. I commit myself to following your plan for my life. I commit myself to following Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I turn away, I repent from my sin, and I align myself with Jesus' way. In Jesus' name. And for those of us 
who are believers, let's pray that God would help us. Father, today we thank you for your guidance from your word concerning getting good counsel for our lives. Help us to pay attention to the character of the people and the sources that we're looking to for counsel to make decisions in our lives. We ask that you give us the courage to even ask for godly counsel and to receive it, even if it might bring correction or rebuke into our lives. Help us to evaluate the counsel that we receive by your word. And help us to know your word better than we do today. Help us to grow every day in learning more about your word and how it can help us to make the right decisions in life. Give us discernment to distinguish ungodly counsel and teaching from good counsel that we should receive and follow. Guide us, God, to make wise decisions through good counsel that we might fulfill your plans for our lives, that we might make a difference in the world around us. For you, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.